sister physicians in medicine. It is time to rock it with Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. Through our conversations, I hope to inspire, encourage, teach, and build community so that you can be your best self and complete your best practice. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman. I'm a colleague in medicine and coach in life. And this is episode number 12. I am so excited to share this with you. Um, This is with Dr. Shika Jane. She was on previously when we did a twofer, and now she's coming back with her word of social medicine. So listen to our conversation and stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Erin Wiseman. I am back again today with a return guest. Dr. Jane has so... um, well accepted my offer to come back and record again we are going to talk about social media but before we get started i want her to reintroduce herself to everybody so dr jane go ahead hi so thank you so much aaron for having me back i'm really excited to be on another dr wiseman podcast it was so much fun last time um so i'm uh, dr shika jane i'm a hematology oncology physician in chicago at northwestern hospital Um, I do research in social media and its impact on medicine and medicine's impact on social media. I'm the founder and co-chair of the First Women in Medicine Symposium at Northwestern, and I also do some research in uh, gender equity and women in career advancement. And then uh, my final area of interest and expertise is GI oncology, where I also um, do some research. And I give talks on social media, on women in medicine, and on writing op-eds, and I've been published in Kevin MD, Doximity, and uh, Asco Connect, name a few, and you can follow me on at MD on Twitter. Whoop, whoop, you are amazing, girl. I love how <laughs> when we're doing all of our side projects and we talk about it, and then at the end, we're like, oh, yeah, and we're a doctor, too. We do uh, some other <laughs> life-saving things. So that's right. Well, awesome. So our topic today is exactly that, social media. And I want to hear your take on, um, let's start first with how are doctors affecting social media right now? So I think there's a lot of fantastic physicians who are on social media. And, you know, we use platforms like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and I think the, the real thing that's happening that has happened in the last couple of years is physicians are starting to take back the dialogue and try to control the, the content that's being put out there. Because there's been a lot of issues with false information or misinformation, people thinking um, that things in medicine are unsafe when they're actually safe. Perfect example would be the anti-vaccine movement. And Vaccines are safe, and in the majority of cases, people uh, don't have issues with them. But because of a bad study that came out that was retracted years ago, a lot of people have misinformation, and they've built off of that. So I think physicians are really starting to hopefully recreate and redirect the narrative because the way I figure it, if we're able to flood the internet and flood social media with all of this real information hopefully the false information will start to become less easy to find. Absolutely. Yeah. Give these people some evidence-based medicine instead of the crockery that sometimes I see on social media. And I think it's also a great thing too, 
for the public to experience that even as physicians, we may not always um, 100% agree with how the other people's doing it, but here's how we do it professionally. You know, here's how we talk through things that, that um, maybe we don't all agree on, but yet it's still within the bounds of being evidence-based. Exactly. And we also, I think one thing that's been impressive is we also have a very positive dialogue. And like you said, we show that it's possible to disagree and to have these conversations through social media that are respectful, where we appreciate other people's opinions and we're able to have a positive dialogue and have these conversations without attacking each other. Yeah. You know, the one big shift that I've seen with physicians and social media is there is less of a fear to be present on social media. I remember when I was a resident and, um, you know, in my like first month as an intern, um, uh, my attendings talking about, okay, you need to unfriend all these people. You need to change your social media like name so that patients cannot find you. You need to like really like almost go like MIA. Um, because now you're a resident physician now and what you represent. And, and I mean, I know that there are, you know, privacy things. There's, there's things that you just do not disclose outside of HIPAA or, you know, organizational rules. But I really feel like the fear of, there was just a really prominent fear of being a professional and that like social media was off limits because of what you did. And I feel like that's starting to go away. Well, I think there's two different ways to look at it. So number one, when you're on social media and you're a physician, you're obviously representing yourself and then you're representing your institution. So I think that it's more, hopefully, it's more that physicians have learned how to use social media in a positive way while maintaining that level of respect and maintaining that level of professionalism. You know, we've seen the viral videos that have gone out where a physician, you know, go gets drunk and goes crazy and does things that are that are inappropriate and loses their job. So I think those types of things on social media need to obviously be still you shouldn't be doing that type of thing. But when it comes to using social media as a professional, I think using it as a way to professionally and respectfully and responsibly get a uh, message out there is going to be more effective and and beneficial and a little bit different because I don't think physicians were using social media professionally as much 10, 5, 10 years ago. So at that time, you know, your attending was probably telling you a lot to remove that was your personal Facebook and your personal uh, social media footprint. Now, because physicians are using it not only socially and personally, but also professionally, I think there's a different way of looking at it than there was five, 10 years ago. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, but I also stand by the mark too. Like, I don't feel like we should be living double lives. And I know that I, that that's one challenge that um, just as a physician off of social media um, that I had to early in my practice um, kind of had to come to terms with, you know, I had to learn to live an authentic professional life as well as an authentic personal life. And um, I think that's one way for physicians to kind of like come through that growth is that, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to, to stand up and say um, what you believe in or, or what you stand for, but I would echo, yeah, we probably should do it 
in a professional manner <laughs> across all right. all things. Uh, but I I know that I personally had to come through where I felt like I was making myself less of myself because I felt like I had to keep up a certain image. And I, I don't know that that's being truly authentic. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no reason to, to be on social media and to be, you know, um, behaving in ways that are not you or, or putting up kind of false pretenses of who you actually are. I think, you know, in the past, there was a lot of doctor patient kind of uh, there wasn't as much of familiar familiarity just because of the way uh, life was 15, 20 years ago. Now with social media and with the internet and with so much being just out there, there's a lot more direct patient-physician relationships that happen online. So I think medicine and physicians have had to change with that. And you're absolutely right. You're seeing a lot more physicians who are being more real, you could say, online. Dr. Esther Chu is a fantastic example of that. She is a brilliant physician and she's very active on social media and she doesn't hide who she is, but she gets her message across and she still behaves in a respectful manner as a physician. Now, she probably says things that, that bother some people because some of the things she says can be considered controversial, but she's taking a stand and she's doing it in a way where she's representing herself as a physician. And I'm impressed by what she's able to do. Um, now, remember, she's able to do that now because she has a following and she has the backing of her institution. So I don't know if every med student resident would be able to say the things that she says and, and not have any repercussions because they don't have the backing of their institution or right. they don't have the, the, the track record to go with it. So we do still have to be very careful in what we say, but that doesn't mean that you should misrepresent yourself. Um, there's a lot more conversations between patients and physicians online. And sometimes we're learning that patients like to see the human side of physicians and it makes them uh, feel like they can connect more, or have a better relationship. So it's not always a negative to, to show your human side on social media, but obviously that has to be done with keeping in mind you're still a physician and you still need to maintain some level of decorum and professionality. Yeah, definitely. If you want to still keep your job, <laughs> that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's, let's flip it and let's talk about, I mean, we've kind of touched on it already, but let's talk about how social media is changing healthcare. What's your, well, I think it's changing. It? I think it's changing it drastically. I think number one, just the fact that patients can find anything on the internet these days. I think that as physicians and in, in healthcare in general, we need to be able to keep up. And we need to make sure that the evidence-based medicine is out there as much as the not evidence-based medicine is out there. I think patients are using social media to reach out to physicians. And um, I have a Facebook page that I've had patients who looked at articles I've written or have messaged me through there. Of course, it's very important to, to make sure patients who do message you know not to expect medical advice through the internet because that is not safe. Um, but they've messaged me questions on articles I've written or my opinions on things. And I think that is changing the way patients, the doctor-patient relationship is. Um, I think that there's a lot of really powerful physicians out there who are doing what they can to educate people. And I think the education piece is huge because we always want our patients to be able to make informed decisions. And by having all of these wonderful platforms where physicians can educate their patients, um, where they can just click on a little video or click on a picture and get uh, some five most important points about breast cancer screening. 
I think those are things that are, are allowing us to help our patients be more informed as well. You know, I would echo all that. And I see where social media and the internet is changing healthcare is that it's just like with this last presidential election, like we now have like direct marketing to our constituents, to our tribe, to our people where before mm-hmm. I feel like that was a big damper if you were even considering like private practice or, or owning your own practice. Like, you know, you were up against kind of David and Goliath. You were up against like the big institutions. But now I feel like social media is going to level the playing ground. People who are seeking out a, a particular physician type or um, a particular specialty, but yet they want some, you know, customized care, they're now going to be able to go online to find those folks and totally bypass like the big mega hospital systems that you've got to fill out a, a new or a, um, an application and then the office calls you and then you schedule an appointment. You know, I, I really think that, you know, bringing it back down to the doctor and patient level is going to be a positive for everyone. I agree. I think, you know, especially if you're in private practice, it, it opens up a whole new world of advertising. I actually, um, think that it's going to be very beneficial for, for those physicians who are in private practice. And, and even more than that, for all physicians, the networking and the resources that we as physicians have through social media. I mean, I am, so I'm a member of a hematology oncology women's Facebook group where I often ask for medical advice and I often um, get answers from people all around the country. I mm-hmm. could get a response from the uh, colorectal cancer specialist from Mayo who is nationally renowned. I mean, having yeah. that, that ability is, is amazing and something I wouldn't have been able to do before. I wouldn't have felt, I might not have felt confident enough or comfortable enough emailing this one particular person, but if I post it on this group and, and he or she, and she responds, that's great. Um, there's also great opportunities for physicians to find jobs on Facebook, sometimes people post jobs. Same thing in the Hemonc group. They sometimes people post positions, and I know multiple people who found uh, new jobs in that manner. Um, and then also through through things like Twitter. I mean, people. I I see articles being posted by physicians nationally that I might have missed. You know, there's new Hemonc docs coming or documents coming out every couple of days with groundbreaking changes and. It's really been amazing to have these streamlined ways of seeing the most important research papers that are coming out because the national leaders in these fields are posting them and commenting on them. So I think networking and education for physicians and physician career development is is amazing with social media. Yeah, I think um, like to sum all that up, I mean, I think it's really breaking down barriers, just like you said, like. Being able to do a colleague to colleague consult informally is huge. You know, even yeah. though, you know, we know that we can call another doctor at any point, you know, there's still that always little, that voice of like self doubt in the back of your head. But then it's like not a big deal to post in those groups because you know everybody is there to build up everyone else. I definitely echo with the um, finding new jobs. And I think the internet is going to be very important as we share about our pay scales, you know, to break this um, pay equality between female and male physicians, you know, having more transparency because we have a vehicle in which we can talk about it and say, Hey, what are your benefits? Hey, how much time do you get off? 
hey, did they cover your maternity leave? You know, and then being able to go to your employer and be like, this is what's happening at X big institution or institution right next door to us. This is not right. I think that's super important. And then also I do glean a lot too from, um, you know, like foam, like the, the free medical education that's out there. I mean, it's amazing. Yep. Before we were paying hundreds to thousands of dollars to get these subscriptions for magazines or newsletters that I don't know about you, but half the time they just end up in the trash at my house. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. like we can get some highlights, like you said, and then people, you know, the leaders in that field talking about, you know, what's the latest MI care and how we're classifying it. That was an article that I just saw the other day or, um, you know, all the revolution that's coming around with stroke and, you know, the new stuff with diabetes like that to me feels more cutting edge when we're having that conversation rather than just a magazine being delivered to me that I have to absorb whenever I have enough mental capacity to do it. Absolutely. I mean, one thing they told us when we started medical school, I'll never forget this. They said, as a physician, as a medical student and as a physician, you're often going to feel like you're trying to drink water from a fire hose. Mm -hmm. Basically, you just have so much information being shot at you all the time and you can only absorb a tiny bit of it. I think by having these almost streamlined ways of looking at the most relevant and up-to-date articles, I've found that I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose kind of all the time, but I feel like I'm catching more of the water now than I used to because Mm -hmm. I have people telling me this is an important article, this is an important article. I still have to do research and read things on my own, but at least then I can focus things based on someone's attending a conference and they just heard about this late breaking abstract that was just, you know, uh, presented. And now I can take that to my patients, despite the fact I didn't actually have the opportunity to go to this conference and Mm -hmm. hear the data myself. And I don't have to wait for the journal to come out in another month. I hear about it at the same time as the people who are at the conference, which is, is practice changing in some cases where you can apply that information to the patient in more real-time scenarios than I could before, where, like you said, most of the journals, I just didn't have time to read. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's cool, too, as I'm starting to see more virtual conferences pop up to where, you know, I can hear this information and get some CME while sitting in my pajamas, you know, staring yeah. at my computer. I just, <laughs> I'm really into that, being that, you know, I am kind of small town Indiana, three kids, like it's not always feasible for me to fly out somewhere. And even though I want to gain this, but by having these virtual conferences, I think it's, it's, it's been a great thing as far as breaking down barriers. I mean, the one thing I remember from medical school is like, they told you, you were always going to keep learning. And the stuff that we are teaching you now is going to be totally wrong in a decade. And it's so true. Oh my gosh. I am getting ready to celebrate a big um, anniversary from my med school graduation. And I look back and I'm like, Oh shit, we don't, we don't do that anymore because it's considered bad. And I do feel like with social media, I feel like I can now better make those shifts in my practice. Whereas before, you know, it may have taken me reading an article and then going to a conference and then, you know, talking to colleagues about it before I would shift my practice to something that is, um, you know, a better measure, a better practice. So I'm grateful for social media for that. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely helpful. I mean, in oncology, 
immunotherapy changes and new drug regimens are coming out literally on a, a monthly basis. So to, to keep up with that would be very difficult. And, and the things that they're, we're doing now weren't even, of, some of them weren't even available when I was in medical school, even fellowships, some of the things mm-hmm. that the combinations that we're doing now that are showing such great survival benefit weren't even possible back yeah. when I was a fellow. So it's, it's really important, I think, to keep up to date. And social media has definitely helped with that. Yeah, the one example in my practice is hep C treatment. Um, you know, look how look how crazy far we've gone with that. We, we took a yeah. pretty much terminal system ending disease and now we've got huge cure rates i mean it just it's just amazing to me that i even think about that because i remember being on the the medical floor and um you know taking care of so many hepatic encephalopathies from hep c and now it's now we're getting rid of it and it's just phenomenal so well dr jan it has been great talking with you today another totally invigorating conversation that i'm excited about Anything else that we need to leave with our listeners today? So I think the most important thing, if you're a physician and you're kind of thinking about dabbling in social media or you're talking about possibly considering taking the plunge, I would strongly recommend it. Don't be overwhelmed. Um, We've got a great Facebook group called Doctors on Social Media that you can join. And there's a lot of great advice on there. I'm one of the moderators of that Facebook group. Um, you can also follow at SomeDocs, which is S-O-M-E-D-O-C-S, um, on Twitter. Another really great way to kind of dip your toe into the world of social media as a physician. Don't be overwhelmed. There's a lot of us out there who are more than happy to help and give advice. Um, if you're in a dual physician family, I've got a great dual physician Facebook group that I moderate. So feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to jo- to have you added. Just remember, whenever you're doing anything on social media, it's really important that you maintain a level of professionalism because you are still a physician and you're representing your field and you're representing your institution. But don't try to be something you're not. So use social media to try to emphasize and improve and help your your career and your life and your networking and your patients, but don't lose yourself in the process. Make sure you're being true to yourself when you're doing all of the social media uh, networking and uh, involvement that you are, because it's a great tool to use. And I think it's really changing medicine and I think it's going to continue to change medicine. So hopefully you will be able to use it to your advantage and you can always reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm happy to, to talk to anybody or give any advice. Again, the best way to reach me would be on Twitter at ChickaJaneMD, or you, you can go to my webpage, www.ChickaJaneMD.com, or you can always find my professional page on Facebook. Um, but I always welcome other eager physicians who are interested in taking, taking the dive into social media. Absolutely. I would echo all of that and just remind people that done is better than perfect. None of our social media stuff is perfect. We just have to kind of bless and release and put it out into the world. And it's amazing that that when you take that um, mindset, because I'm a recovering perfectionist, I'll be perfectly honest, <laughs> that uh, it, it's phenomenal, just the little snippet that you can put out in the world. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jane, and we will catch you again soon. 
really think Dr. Jane is onto something as she's talking about putting yourself out there onto social media. You know, it's not the actual fact of, um, you know, exposing our lives because I think many of us view ourselves as a public figure and uh, we know that other people are watching us. But I think it goes more to some of our internal beliefs on um, like being vulnerable and really standing for something and that concern of criticism. What do you think about that? I know that as I have started to dabble in going from just having a personal Facebook page where I kept it really selective and had like a hidden name so patients couldn't find me to starting my own business and actually having to put my real name with really what I'm doing out on the internet. It wasn't hard in the fact of setting it up online. It was hard on the inside on revealing what I'm really doing and then also getting really serious about what do I really stand for? I applaud the physicians out there who are manhandling um, patient education. You know, they are talking about vaccines, um, you know, different pediatric cases, um, different things that are affecting adult populations or elderly populations or certain disease states. I think that is absolutely wonderful. But that was one thing that I realized I wasn't super interested in. I wasn't really interested in doing more about patient education. So when I first started trying to get online and trying, I guess I could say, discovering my voice, I didn't really know what that was. But you know, I found that over time with just standing up, being brave and saying something, then I could better identify, you know, what my passion was. And it's really for other physicians. It's really taking care of all of my colleagues that are out there who are on the front line or who are doing amazing things with their work. That is who I really want to support. And so I guess the point of the story is that if I hadn't been brave, if I hadn't put myself out there, if I hadn't made mistakes, if I hadn't written blog posts and then went back and deleted them or changed them, I would have really never found that what really excites me in life and what really I think is my purpose in life of taking care of my colleagues and being a doctor to doctors, then it would have never really happened. And along that, I keep talking about the internal battle. I think I had to figure some of my own junk out. I had to figure out what I really wanted to say instead of just being that version of what I thought people wanted me to be. Because it's amazing how many things that we think we ought to say. I know that I bring it up a lot in this podcast, um, but even looking at your wardrobe and being like, ooh, is that what a doctor would wear? Or ooh, is that what a doctor would say? Or being out in public and my kid's doing something crazy and being like, oh my God, what are people going to think? You know, once I got over that and once I realized that It doesn't really matter what other people think. If I am showing up in the world and I am being me and I am being honest, that is the most important. And that's what people really want. So I encourage you to do that today. Show up in the world as you in one small way. Maybe that's wearing pink socks. Maybe it's getting purple tips in your hair. Maybe it's going the other way. Maybe it's like me finding that I love sweaters and I look like a librarian half the time whenever I dress up for the office. 
But that's what I love. That's what I enjoy. That's me. And so I just encourage you to think about that one way that really feels in line with yourself and to start expressing it. Maybe it's on social media. Maybe it's online. Maybe it's something in real life. Maybe it's something just personally that you need to say or do. I just encourage you to take that one step. That's it for today. Episode number 12 in the books. I am just so thrilled that you're here listening with me. I'm so thrilled to have physicians like Dr. Jane come and talk with me. I'm just absolutely elated that I am able to get the message out there that, hey, we are female doctors and we have thoughts, feelings, emotions, and we are human and we are processing through it just like anyone else. So thank you so much for everyone who's listening. Again, I always encourage anyone, if you are out there or if you're feeling alone, if you don't know really what you want to do in life or you know that the life that you're living is not the one that you want to be living, if you're doing Google searches in the middle of the night looking for a new job or you're on LinkedIn trying to scavenge through all the job postings because you just hate your position so much, I would encourage you to get on the phone with me. You know, so many times we feel stuck and we just need to make a pivot or a shift in our life. We don't even need to jump all the way across and change. So I encourage you, get a hold of me. Let's talk. Let's do a colleague to colleague call. I promise no selling, no sleaze, nothing like that. Just you and me talking and seeing how we can make your life go from surviving to absolutely thriving. So always remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters, girl. Hang in there.